Hello and welcome to the stories of Northern Life from the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. Today we have a special guest who is the owner and director of the McLeod Highland Dance Studio. And she just happens to be my mom. We dive deep into the origins of the McLeod Highland Dance Studio, which was established here in Canada in 1953 by my grandma, Helen McLeod, or Constable, as that was her maiden name. I'd like to start off with a little more context, as you are about to listen to a conversation between a mother and daughter, and we can get lost in conversation. You will hear my brother Liam's name thrown into conversation, as well as Donald McLeod, my grandpa. Catherine McLeod is the director of the McLeod Highland Dance Studio, like I mentioned, in Sault Ste. Marie, Kingston, and Angus, Ontario, and holds her fellows with the SDTA Scottish Dancer Teachers Association. She is a former SDTA Medal Examinations Coordinator in Ontario, Quebec, and the Northeastern United States, and past executive member of the Scott Dance Canada and the Scott Dance Ontario. Catherine has taught Highland dancing to the Army and Navy cadets for over 20 years and currently teaches at the Royal Military College, RMC, in Kingston, Ontario. Catherine also directed the Lock City International Highland Dance Weekend from 2004 to 2018, which was a dance competition, workshop, and performances. She also co-directed Pipes and Drums for ALS, a national fundraiser to raise funds for ALS research, as well as run many other events over the years. Along with being a pipe band snare drummer, she has choreographed award-winning freestyle routines for the pipe bands and dancers, as well as performances for tattoos and Kaylee events. Catherine has been a judge since 2000 and has judged throughout Canada and the US. Now that you know a little more about my mom and the other names you'll hear, let's get into it. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, Mom. <laughs> or Mari's mom. Yes. Or Liam's mom. I'm Catherine McLeod. That's my real name. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about yourself? We have the same name. <laughs> I just spell my name wrong. How do you spell it? I spell mine M-H-A-I-R-I, and you spell yours M-A-I-R-I. Because I didn't want you going through life being called Mahari. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So I thought we would record this episode for Mother's Day. Fun. A little pre-recording, but I thought it'd be cool. A little generational story of women and cultural heritage in Sault Ste. Marie. Sounds like fun. Okay. Let's get started. Okay. Um, So, I want to talk about the McLeod Highland Dance Studio, of course, but I think to start with that, we need to talk about your mom My mom. Okay. Um, So, tell me a bit about her. Ooh. Well, she emigrated from Scotland, from Paisley. Um, when she was, ooh, how old was she? She was 23, 22, 22. Hi. Your age now. Oh, wow, that's wild <laughs> to think about that. Yep, she emigrated over and got married a week later in on February 12th, 1953. A week later. I didn't know that yet. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know where she was coming because they took the train, her and her brother. Her brother escorted her to Canada. And uh, they took the train from Montreal 
and all they saw was trees <laughs> and then trees and some more trees and then some snow and she wound up in the zoo and then she met she met, came off the train and saw her dad so <laughs> donald mcleod very nice um so why did why did she come do you know well she came to marry dad Okay, he was already here? He was already here. He had came out in 51. He came out in 51. And they had met before that in Paisley. Mm -hmm. And uh, he missed her and said, hey, get the heck over here. <laughs> so he sent her an um, engagement ring in a box of tea bags. And they didn't know what to do with tea bags at the time because they didn't have tea bags in Scotland. It was always loose tea. Oh. So they were ripping the tea bags open. <laughs> Single serving tea. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but he said because the rations were still like there was hard to get hard th to get things still right. after the war, so he would he sent over care packages every once in a while. Very nice. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Um, do you know how Grandma learned to dance? Yes. Um, there was a uh, a girl um, named Nancy. Hey, no, not Nancy Hayes. Nancy, Nancy something gone Nancy okay. and she uh, lived in the same tenements that they lived in and she did high dancing and mom started taking lessons from her and then at the age of 13 or 14 she had her own studio named the Glenifer Highland Dancers and she had her first recital when she was 14 years old wow yeah yeah, it's kind of, I had the original poster. Yeah because grandpa kept the original poster and when uh, mom went over to help clear out the, uh, the apartment, she brought that poster back, so nice. it's all framed, so it's really kind of neat. That is super cool. Do you know, so that was like the origin of the story, but how, of the studio. Yes. But when it came here. When it came here. What happened? Um, there was, Trixie Hardy was sort of, was teaching Highland a little bit, but there was no, it was the old style. Okay. Um, because at that time in Scotland, everyone had been getting together and trying to get, because each, each area of Scotland had a slightly different style mm. to what they were doing and different steps. So people right. would compete and dance and do different steps in each region. So they compiled this and mom was at the very first meeting, um, where they were working to compile everything into a, a textbook. So where everybody was doing the very same things and right. it was under the um, the Board of Scottish Highland Dancing, which is now called the Royal, S-O-B-H-D, Scottish Board of Highland Dancing. Um, and uh, so it's all very technical now and very mm -hmm. laid out. So everybody does the same step and the same technique now, unless you go to New Zealand and they have a whole different world out there. <laughs> so they do the old, more of the old styles, right. but it's really cool to watch. Yeah. You know, I love when they, they uh, you get to watch them on, on video and, you see all their competitions it's just it's so cool like we all are mesmerized by their styles because it, it evolved differently even yeah. though it was the same base right. so it's it's really kind that of neat. super cool mm -hmm. it's like a different like language like a dialect it, and yeah it just changes yeah yeah absolutely so mom came out so she sort of taught a few of the the dancers the the current technique mm -hmm. and and then she didn't really teach that much um, because they, they stayed here for a little bit, then they went down to Toronto for a bit, and then they came back up mm. after Ken was, or before Ken was born, I believe, or and after Kenny's. Ken was born, and they went down and then came back somewhere around there. So Kenny is my oldest brother. And how, how much older? He's 10 years older than me. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I have a sister in between. So, uh, and, yeah. And, and 
Christine. So um, when mom was kind of living down the line, because we lived down the line for a while, when Ann, I was little, um, mom decided she needed to do something. Mm -hmm. So she started uh, teaching class for, I think it was 15 cents a class, mm. which was, you know, she had people from all down the line and yeah. and then gradually it grew and she started teaching in the Sioux and she's taught in Bruce Mines and then at one point near the end she was even teaching in Iron Bridge all the way up wow. and yeah and she would commute oh, yeah she would yeah. she well when she eventually learned to drive between right. the time when <laughs> Anne had gone to university and I was too young to drive she finally <laughs> learned because she tried when she first came to Canada but um, she drove through the garage and she was, she freaked out and didn't drive again. Yeah. So it took her a long time to get behind the wheel, but she kind of had to out of necessity right. to, you know, to get around. And yeah. yeah. So I was always proud of her when she could drive. <laughs> Super cute. So you were born on St. Joe's Island. I was. <laughs> and to a family of two older siblings and yeah. two immigrant parents and... Yeah. You lived in the house closest to the entrance, I guess, to St. Joe's Island? Yeah. But we used to call it Ferry Road. I'm sure that there's right. a real name for it, but Ferry Road is what we called it. Mm -hmm. And and um, there was a signal that my dad had with the ferry in case mom had to go across fast. You know, Because mom, Ann and uh, Ken were born in the Sioux Hospital, but they had lived out in, back at Echo Bay, so it would be more sense to go to the Sioux. Right. But with me living right next to the island, it, you know, or not me yet, mom and dad living next to the island, it made sense just to go across the ferry. So they had this little signal and they kicked everybody off the, off the ferry, whipped back, picked dad up, mom and dad, and whipped me across down to the island. So I was born there. So yeah, so it's kind of neat. I said my birth certificate says St. Joseph Township. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like living there? Well. We weren't quite islanders, yeah, and you know, so we were kind of in the middle of no man's land right. in that spot. Um, but it was it was great. Like I lived outside all the time, and right. you know, you, of course, and you laugh at that. I know because <laughs> I don't want to be outside no. much now, unless I have a nice cushion and a patio and lots of wine in my hand. Um, but yeah, it was you know it was definitely an outdoorsy life. Yeah, you know. And yeah, just did things, went on ventures, got <laughs> freaked out by ants crawling on me and freaked out when I saw a snake, and, but I was still little. little. And then we moved to town when I was around seven. Okay. So yeah, and I'd gone to different schools. So we started off at Tarbot School, which is now a storage unit, um, which is kind of strange. And then we got, the buses shifted us over to Johnson. So I was there for grade three, mm -hmm. part of grade three, and then we moved to town and then um, I went to Parkland and then we moved to the other end of town and went to James Lyons and then that school only went to grade six and we had to go to Maryfield. So I've kind of done that. A lot of, yeah. yeah. So that's why I wanted you in one school <laughs> for your whole primary, you know, primary education. So mm -hmm. you, you had friends consistently through yes. school and you grew up together. So. Mm -hmm. Which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was a meander, wasn't that? That was yeah, quite the snake on that one. <laughs> <laughs> when did... Your mom first put you in a kilt and taught you patty bus and blankets. Well, the story goes, uh, my uncle looked down, Was they were looking for me. Okay. My uncle looked down to the basement and there I had crossed two knives and I was in diapers and I was trying to do the sword dance. So I kind of have always danced. <laughs> That's super funny. Yeah. For those who, I guess, don't know, um, 
the sword dance is like a traditional dance with two swords laying across from each other. So yes. that's where the two knives came, came from. <laughs> came into play. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Monkey see, monkey do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was always the fill-in girl. So I would fill in for wherever there was holes in the, right. like if the senior, like Anne's class was dancing and they were short of body, that was me. And you know, so I just kept whipping around to everybody's just the fill-in girl. Right. So what was the dynamic like between like you and your mom in the studio? Um, it was good. Like, even though I know it's hard when, <laughs> when a mother teaches the daughter, um, but she just basically ignored me and, okay. you know, if I needed a correction, she would correct me, but otherwise it was just the same way I taught you. I just pretty much ignored you too <laughs> and, you know, let you do your thing because... <laughs> know, otherwise you get pouty if I picked on you um, yeah so you know I just ignored you you would pick up the technique just from like I just picked up the technique it was just right. natural like right. yeah so yeah. it was just absorbed yeah because you're around it so much yeah how often was mom teaching um, I think well she was teaching in the basement for a while she taught in the basement okay. as well that's kind of where she started so it was in the house when it's in the house you just right naturally become part of it and then yeah. we would all go to town when she started teaching the Sioux and you know she'd teach in the morning then we get groceries in the afternoon if we were lucky <laughs> pick up Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> and smell it all the way back home and then eat it when we got home sort of there's usually a, one or two wings missing by the time we got down there um but yeah it was just kind of it was just a natural part of my life yeah and I think that was with you and Liam too it was Definitely. Like, I felt like I picked up things. Like, I always knew. You always knew it. Knew it because I would watch it for something. It would always be super easy yeah. when we actually sat down to learn it. I grew up watching mm -hmm. older kids do all the things yeah. for how many years. Yeah. Yeah. And Liam kind of the same way. Like, he, he didn't really want to dance, but then he kind of wanted to dance because he wanted to hang out with us, you yeah. know? And I think that's how, you know, he kind of got into it. But he would come down to the basement when he wouldn't, wouldn't want to go to sleep. And I would oh, teach yeah. him something, and then he'd have it. Because he was terrible in classes. <laughs> he would, I had a tennis ball for, you know, right. people to rub, it would be balanced, and I'd have to seal that. Then he'd climb up on the windowsill <laughs> and lay there, and then he just, he just was a pain. So right. I kicked him out of class too many times. So. <laughs> but he did learn something, and he can still do a fling if he had to. Oh, yes, 100%. It never, it never leaves the brain. So, what kind of teacher was your mom like? She was very soft spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very soft-spoken, which is hilarious because I'm nothing like that whatsoever. <laughs> um, she was just very kind. Everyone just loved... She was totally respected, like Mrs. McLeod. It was right. always Mrs. McLeod. You know, so... You know, it, it, she was just very... She could quiet a room just with a look. That, that, that look. Um, whereas I can give the look and I can yell and scream and jump up and down and I still, like, they're still going, huh? <laughs> Different attention span, I think, of today's kids than what it was before. But no, she just had this very gentle way about her. Right. But she had the knowledge. She worked hard to gain the knowledge. And it was hard being over here because we were so isolated. Like, there was a whole world of Scottish Highland dancing and competitions and mm -hmm. everything, this whole circuit that I didn't even know about until right. I was older. Right. And part of it, you know, by living in Southern Ontario. So, because we didn't have the money to travel to all yeah. these competitions, so... My first competition was seven, and mom was worried about what she would let, like, what our level was compared to people. Right, so she right, only yeah. let me dance a fling, but I could have done like oh. every single dance that was was there. But wow. she was just so 
nervous about jumping in and then you know that was Alma the first time I went to Alma wow. in 1972 or yeah. 70, 72 yeah yeah so we've come a long way these people <laughs> in the zoo yeah <laughs> when did you officially take over the studio um mom had retired officially in 1990 okay. and I moved back to town for one year in 1993 mm -hmm. to do some schooling um, at Lake State and um, I started up because I thought that would be a good thing to you know give me a little pocket money and right. something to do and and so I started in, in um, September of 1993. Mm -hmm. When did you like first start teaching like with I just always taught. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Just always. Yeah. I think I was in grade seven or eight when mom had to go away somewhere and I was teaching. All the classes. All the classes on like a weekend wow. or something. Um, but I could, you know, yeah. like, I, you yeah. know, it wasn't like it was my class where I was against peers, you know, that were older than me or something. But um, yeah, I just kind of, it's always been a natural thing. But I didn't do my associates, my teachers. I did not do it with the rest of my class. Um, I don't know really why, I just was stubborn and felt like, right. I know it, why do I have to do a test? Like, right. it was, you know, one of those days. Um, but, and I always couldn't understand why everyone had to look at the textbooks, because it was just so absorbed in my right. head. Like, so that's like another reason why I'm like, I know this, like, why do I have right. to? So they kept trying, the examiners kept trying to get me to do it, but I didn't do it. Um, so it wasn't until away, I was away at college that I kind of felt the need, I wanted to re-grasp that, right. pull it back into my life. So um, I ended up coming home and doing my members in 1986. And, and uh, that was, the examiner was uh, just pushed to see how far she could push me. So it was pretty fun, because I couldn't dance, I'd have my foot operated on, so I couldn't, I could, couldn't really hop on it that well, but still, I was still demonstrating. But it was she had me well over two hours doing the exam. It was about an hour wow. at that point in time just to see how far she could go. So that was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and then when I started teaching in '83, um, the first year I did my fellows, and then um, which is the highest level that you can do in like in the professional land. And then um, in 2000, I did my judges over in Scotland, and you were seven months old. I ran away from you. <laughs> left you. Left you at home. Can you only do it over in Scotland? No, you can do it wherever, like North America usually has one a year. Right. Whenever they have a conference. So there was a few years where they didn't have any with COVID, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, you could do it online, depending oh, on the level. Right. So an associate, like the first level associate, yes, you could do it. Members, I think you could do it. But anything above that, you need multiple examiners now. Hmm. So, Interesting. yeah. Did you always want to take over the studio? No. I never, like, I never thought I would because I wasn't planning on ever being in the suit. Right. And then that one year turned into 25 years. <laughs> um, so, no, I never really had planned on taking it over. Right. But when I started, it just snowballed. Snowballed. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really found my, you know, it's what I love to do. Yeah. So, I'm still here. You know, still coming back to the studio to teach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did the studio ever stop when your mom was teaching? Or did you just kind of, you kind of swooped right in? No, there was, there was a few, um, a few girls that had, um, a few from my lap, my class and a few classes younger that had mm -hmm. their associates that um, were in town. And mom just said, if you want to start up, 
she would support them. Right. So um, there's I think four or five of them did you know they would have a few kids here and there and mm. so they kind of had it going a little bit. And then one by one they just kind of dropped and dropped right. and, and it was kind of down to two studios and one one kind of merged in with me and mm. and um, helped her because she was too busy and then this other the other one um, she moved out of town and. So then it's down to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you keep the same and what did you change in your way of running the studio and in your classes? Mm. It's a big, big one. It is a big one. Um, I think for the most part, the way I teach is similar to the way mom always taught. Right. And that's the way that I've taught everybody that's come, you know, that I've put through associate professional exams. Um, Singing your nationals so it locks in your head, so the kids learn them, so they learn the words of the movements as you're doing it, and um, counting, doing a lot of theory built in so that the kids understand it, whether they know it's theory or not. Right. Um, doing that. Um, I think the, and I think the biggest thing was I used to dance a lot with everybody because I could mm. up until, you know, later when, when my body decided to not work as well as it had been um and it was harder for me to do but I still dance like I still dance stuff out when I'm feeling perky um but it's a little harder but I think that's one thing that I do do a little bit different like mom mom couldn't really dance as full out mm. in her you know as she was getting older and you know when I was coming up um but it was still there like it was you know we hand dance, you know, so right. we did a lot of hand dancing and stuff, but it to totally makes sense. And I still hand dance to today. Um, and I do a lot of sound effects and in my teaching mm -hmm. because of the drumming background, I think, and I try and get the rhythms and try and teach the rhythms in there. Um, it's an important element. It's an important element. Now I, now I, lately I've been doing words mm -hmm. to help people get the timing on like some odd timings of things or with little kids to help them remember how many steps to do. Like, right. you know, second step of the shing is shake, take me to the park really? with a little kid. That's a new one that I came up with. And then for blue bonnets, pink elephants fly high, um, which makes everyone giggle, but it's the only words I could come up with when I was teaching at the time that fit that timing that we needed. And so we wrote it on the board and we've been using it ever since. Um, and I think I think I'm more like I'm more definitely more competitive than Mom had been, because she she didn't have the money to compete, so she didn't really right. elaborate that to others too much. Like you know, we did eventually with we go to Alma once a year, maybe one or two other competitions mm -hmm. if we were lucky. And it was a good year. Or we could tie something else in, right. um, but it wasn't competitions was not big on our list. Whereas nowadays it is much larger. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and especially with me no, learning more as I've progressed through and become a judge and been involved in Scott Dance Ontario and all these different organizations. Um, and fused in the States, being, you know, through all the competitions and the groups down there. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I think I'm more competitive oriented, but I still do the same exams that we used to do through Scottish Dance Teachers Alliance and to give the kids goals each year. So they're right. not just dancing aimlessly you know, they actually have set steps that they have to learn and and gradually build up their skills to move on to the next level, next yeah, level. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we hope that we see improved technique yeah. as we go up and, you know, as we go through yeah. it and just gaining new dances and new steps and 
yeah. better technique and keeps them engaged keeps them engaged yeah, yeah it's a focus yeah. Yeah, yeah that in your goal yeah and then I do a lot more well mom always did recitals um, and she always loved to choreograph mm. like she loved to choreograph and I've got that love of choreography yeah. too yeah. which I think I passed on to you um, yeah. so that's that's always fun like yeah. that aspect to me is fun and it was a good way to, for me with my studios to reinforce skills on the basic dances they were learning but just in a lot more fun way or because right. I think it originally started with just I'm going to change the music you know with the ones that you know when they're younger and just let's change the music for a show same stuff same dances but let's change music so it feels like a choreography um but I was always like from I was always choreographing with mom too I would choreograph all our um big shows when we used to do the celebrations in um in Bellevue Park for July 1st and it was Treasures of Our People from Folk Heart Society and all mm -hmm. those so I remember doing a lot of great fun choreographies back then and that was that was really our group was notorious for doing it at the last minute so we decide, oh no, let's do something. It'd be like a week before. So we'd, you know, we'd learn it and then we'd practice it that morning and then go up and show it. You know, like, you know, we didn't really do like sick or the whole year of doing one choreography right. in one class like they do in, you know, nowadays in, mm -hmm. in ballet tap jazz and stuff. Like mm -hmm. you start learning one dance at the beginning yeah. of the year. And that's, you know, you do a little bit of technique and then you work on one yeah. dance. That would, that would kill me. Yeah, it's not... It's not amazing. Because everyone gets, everyone gets bored out of it. Definitely. And then it's just critiques on, like, choreography. Like, and so if you don't teach it the right way, they don't, like, don't teach it the way you want to see it, mm -hmm. you're not going to get that end result without, right. you know, because people, kids learn, especially anyone that they have a learning disability in any form, they, mm. they have to learn it one way, the right, the same way at the beginning. Right. So Changing you that. have to really have the plan in your head for choreographies. And right. so, like, for me, sometimes I don't plan them out. Like I have a, I have a, a start, mm -hmm. and I wait to see what's, how are the kids reacting to what I'm planning? Because I've, I've done the, the choreograph, choreograph the whole group right. from start to finish. I've even done it with like little, where's everybody moving and make sure they're all diagram <laughs> where everybody is. And I find it doesn't, it doesn't always work. Something might not quite the way I would dance it. I could get there, but the way someone else may dance it, may, may not be able to get to the spot or, yeah. or what I plan. It's too difficult for them to do and. Yeah. So, so half the time I just, I pick the music and I get a little stab into it and right, then the away we go and then it's just choreograph on the spot. Yeah. So it's great when, you know, when it's fun when we do that it is fun. and it, and it's great when you get input from, you know, especially with the older classes. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think we should do? What would be a good movement that fits right. in? And right. so that they're, they're thinking about stuff. Like, oh, well, that's good. We'll save that one. But what about this? And then we tie it in. Okay, here's that movement. This will be a good mm -hmm. spot for that movement that you wanted to have earlier. Right. You know. But choreography is a challenge. Like some it kids, is. some kids love it, and some mm -hmm. kids do not want to get out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know, I know this movement. Don't make me do something it's that's something different. Yeah. That's not really a high, you know. And trying <laughs> to add in things that aren't Highland based. Oh, because that's... Highland is very technical and like the same movements and steps are repeated yes. throughout. That's how Highland yeah. And you're jumping straight up and down. And yeah. Yeah. So to get them to do something that's a little bit different, mm -hmm. which is the current style to incorporate other forms of dance in it, right. um, is definitely can be a challenge for Highland dancers. But mm -hmm. I think we're, we're working hard to get out of that mold. Um, right. And... With, you know, we're trying to still maintain some of the character of some of 
some of the dance, like the Irish jig and the sailor's horn, were mm-hmm. still trying to maintain that character while improving the technique. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can be, you know, you see pe- some people dance and they're very stiff still, whereas right. those dances should be more characteristic. Where were all the studio spaces? Oh, okay. This is, this is going to be interesting. So we start off for mine, just my studio or with mom and dad, mom's too. You can try with mom's what you remember. Yeah. Um, Sacred Heart School. Mm-hmm. We were in the, in the gym there. And that was, to me, that was a giant school. <laughs> cool with all these giant, these big stairs going down. It was like a dark little tunnel going down into the gym. Um, that was a cool place. Um, we danced in Echo Bay School. We danced in Bruce Mines School. Um, Iron Bridge School. Parkland. We did Parkland for, no, not, yeah, not Parkland. We did, um, what's the one by Sioux College? Princess, Prince, shoot, what the heck is that called now? Oh, okay. Alzheimer's kicking in. <laughs> um, there's a school by Sioux College, and we were there for a long time. In the gym there. That was a very long time thing there. And then uh, mom started renting space. So we had the space above, above Lawrence's, which is now next door, your um, Broner's. Brower's? Brower's, I would say it well. Yeah, Brower's. So we were upstairs. Really? Yeah, you can see it from the upstairs room. Like it was they a very. They live up there now. Oh, do they? Yeah. It was a very narrow room. It was very small. Right. It's amazing what we did in very small spaces. Um, I would have like thirty kids doing choreography in those <laughs> little spaces, and then when you get to his stage, spread out. Um, but yeah, it was great. But we, my my class used to set off the alarm in in Lawrence's because it was a drugstore when we do the jig or the hornpipe. You just be smashing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like the floors go and the alarm goes off. We blew the alarm again. Um, and then we were, there's a place in Steelton that we were at. We didn't like that one that much, but we were there for a while. Um, and then when I took over, I was in, um, well, it was, it was called, um, what was it called? It used to be Wildflowers, then it became. Oh, you hit me on a brain dead day here. <laughs> right next door. It used, um, right now it's Cautious Corner. Okay, yeah. I can't remember what it was before that. Zach's. It was Zach's okay. when, when, I was, when we had the studio. So we was upstairs. It was Trixie Hardy's old studio. And I had like a small section of it, this little room. It was, it was great. I painted it white, little yellow. I had a little cloud, um, little curtains up. And I vaguely remember the studio. You had milk cartons. Yes. And changed little spots. I vaguely remember yeah. that. Yeah. And I had areas I did. I sold all the dance shoes too, and I had okay. costumes. Like I was really doing all that because it was hard to get shoes here too. So I would bring them in and fit everybody, and right. it was great. Like it made life so much easier. Um, and I love that space, but um, we didn't. We couldn't control the heating in that mm. building. And then the next owners of the building. Um, decided they would turn off the heat when they weren't there and they weren't there every night of the week when I was teaching. So we'd be freezing. Right. Or they wouldn't turn, you know, so it was not really good. And then there was a lot of more smoke coming up every night. And when I was pregnant with you guys, it just wasn't cool. And I didn't really care for the owners. And I said, okay, I think enough is enough. And I moved into square one wall. And that was cool because that used to be Kresge's when and mom worked in that section because mm-hmm. she worked with the radio when she first came to Canada she worked with the record section 
Okay. And it was also the uh, the little cafe bar, um, soda bar kind of thing mm -hmm. that was set up. So that was the, the that area happened. that was my big studio there. Okay. Um, and then I moved from there to, where did I go after that? Oh, then I moved on by the Bush Play Museum. Mm -hmm. And I was upstairs in there, I love that space. Mm -hmm. That was a really good space, except we got broken into there too. Um, but that was, that was a good space. I, it was a good size for what we needed and I built that floor and yeah, yeah that was I put a lot of work, a lot of sweat into that room. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a great space. And then we were teaching out of um, the, after I gave that up, we, we were teaching out of the Oddfellows Hall. Right. And that was a beautiful floor, just gorgeous, gorgeous space to work in. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm so sad that it's no longer the Oddfellows and yeah. I don't know what they're doing with that space. But it was such a, it had, that building had a lot of memories for me too, because yeah. um, the Eastern Star used to be out of that. And okay. mom was a, a matron of the Eastern Star. That was one of the presents that her, her mom gave to her was a lifetime membership to the Eastern Star. Um, when she, so when she came to Canada, she would always have friends. Cute. So, um, and Aunt Jean was a past matron of that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was, um, it was great memories. Like we used to do shows and after their meetings, we would go in and do performances. We used to get these little boxes of chocolates, like Lowry chocolates, and it was wrapped up really pretty. And that was like, the, oh, that was so exciting. <laughs> and they were like probably $5 at the most from, from right. but it was still, it was, ooh, what kind of chocolates am I gonna get? <laughs> that, was, that was always fun. And they always had ice cream with creme de menthe on it, which is a weird memory, but you know, that's the way my mind works. <laughs> what did we eat there? Um, <laughs> was it good? So yeah, it was it was a great uh, great hall. Yeah, yeah. And now we're now we're out of the museum, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're treated like gold here at the museum. Yes. So it's been wonderful. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so kind of back to what you were saying about like community involvement that both of you, you and your mom, have both. Mm -hmm. What were all the outlets and? things oh. that you guys participated in we did there used to be tattoos that went on at the armories those were amazing those years that they had the tattoos because the whole city was involved we had the wadding band playing up mm. on the the mezzanine and they played all basic tunes and in between some show tunes and you know the air cadets army cadets sea cadets bandettes they were had over 100 members at that time um the um, pipe bands from Army and Air, they, and then the 49th Field Regiment did stuff, and the 49th Pipe Band played. Um, the Folk Art Society were all involved mm -hmm. as well, so um, there were the Native drummers and dancers that they, they would perform, and the um, Ukrainian dancers, oh, they had a good group here in back in the 70s and 80s, and um, there was a Polish group for a little while that danced and did stuff. Um, who else did we have? The, oh, the, the Italians, the Terratella, okay. right. you know, with their the tambourine dance, mm -hmm. which was so much fun. Um, and we knew, and we knew all the dances, like we knew everybody's dances <laughs> from doing all these shows. So when, when the Ukrainians came out, we did all the men's part, you know, because that's what we did backstage waiting. Right. Um, and yeah, the girls part was just too simple for, you know, <laughs> for Highland you know, for Highland dancers that, you know, it's. You know, you know, not if you see the really, really amazing, you know, world-class level Ukrainian dancers who are 
out of this world. But for the you know the kids that were dancing in here, like yeah, it was more fun doing the boys part. Um, and yeah, there was just so many yeah you know, like that was so the tattoos were amazing because it was military based, but everybody was participating. And the Legion bands, of course, was there too, and and the Shriners band I think was playing in that too. Mr. Anstis with the big the big sword. He was a leader of yeah doing parades. Yeah, doing parades was kind of neat. Did a few parades as dancers. Um, we did it with the studio. We did one once or twice the, the yeah. community parade, and yeah. and but I didn't. I've done Bruce Mines parades and I've done mm -hmm. these other little parades. So whether it was with the pipe band playing or or with the studio, um, and I remember being little and being on a float with mom. So I guess we had one at some point. <laughs> don't like I would have been little because right. I don't really remember it that well. Um, those little flashes that come in my head <laughs> we've been talking about lately. Um, what up? We've done, well, Treasures of Our People concerts, like all the folk arts shows that we did. Um, we've danced for, I think, every group in, you know, the Odd Fellows, Rotary, um, International Women's like. Day, okay. um, the the um, Passport to Unity, when that first mm -hmm. kicked off. Yes, I remember And those, those are days, big, yeah, yeah those, are, those are fun shows. Um, we've done 24-hour relay. Um, we've done uh, the RCMP when they when they were out doing their shows. We did we danced on the track. I think you were part of that one. You might have, you were little I think when we did it, but I'm pretty sure you were part of that. Um, there was another one, another big sort of tattoo thing that was down at Queenie Park that we danced with um, the 49th and okay. the big broadsword out in the middle of the grass. Um, but yeah, we did a lot. And then at one point there was some grant going around where we move, we danced. There was, they brought groups in from out of town and then we traveled around to, like I think we did a show in Espanola and Elliott Lake mm. and, and that was kind of neat back in the 70s or early 80s. Mm. We danced the opening of the City Hall, Civic Center. We danced on the steps. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that definitely. was a cool one. Um, we've done Easter Seals um, being taped next door at the, at the uh, um, station, CBC TV, or whatever oh. it is now, or what it used to be. SJIC? Yeah, SJIC. Yeah, or SJIC. Yeah, yeah. that would be it. Um, yeah, so we did shows through there. And like there, in the studio? Yeah, we did, oh, did some cool. few dances, even, yeah. Even when I had the studio, we did one for Easter Seals, we danced cool. in there. Yeah, so that was kind of yeah. neat. Um, the Legion, every, yeah, every, right. we always did the Legion, Burns Nights. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you name it, we probably danced for them at somewhere along the way. All the seniors' residences. That was a, that was a thing that mom instilled, and we always, you know, I did that all the time. With every yeah. year, we went to seniors' residences yeah. um, because a it's a good place to practice. It's a friendly audience, but yeah. you know, we need to treasure our seniors and instill that in the kids too. Like, yeah. you know, and then especially when mom was in the Davy home, yes. like we we had to go, and yeah. you know, whether she, you know. She knew who you were or not. Right. Her feet were still tamping, and then she'd be, you know, yeah. she was she was there as much as she could be there, like, yes. and, you know. So that was just something that we always did yep. from Algoma Manor, and every single one in town. Yeah. We danced it multiple <laughs> times. Other than dance, what was um, your mom engaged in? She made kilts. Made kilts. She made a lot of kilts. She made Queen's bands back in the 80s. So that was, we had Red Stewart. I think that's why I have an aversion to Red Stewart. Um, we had Red Stewart kilt material everywhere in the house. 
Um, she made, I don't know, 30, 40 kilts wow. that year. Like, it was crazy. Um, she made Algoma District pipe band kilts when they were floating around. And they're still, those kilts are still around. Yeah. They look pretty rough, but they're still around. Um, and lots of dancers' kilts. Right. Lots of dancers. So she's got books with everyone's measurements at the time and the little swatch of material, cool. some of them. And yeah. 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 So she, and, and then lots of individuals and people that just needed to kilt. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was her, that was her thing. And you were, you learned how to drum. Yeah. 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 She was a cadet. She was a cadet. Yeah. And started piping. I started drumming. Yeah. When? Yeah. I was nine. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of good musicians come out of the Sioux, you know, like ones that have played in the worlds and yeah. judges now and they're still going strong and, you know, yeah, it's, it's neat to, you know, I go places to judge sometimes and it's like, you know, hey, you know, see people that taught me how to drum. Um, and, you know, a lot of my friends from that were up here are still playing, you know, right. and people that, kids that I taught mm. drumming were still playing, which is yeah. kind of neat. But yeah, cool. I did pipe band, snare. Yeah. Um, did that for a lot of years and do the bands here locally and mm -hmm. and then in southern Ontario mm -hmm. played played the circuit <laughs> every Saturday off to the Highland Games yeah but it was a lot of fun met lots of people and and um, you know kept the culture going yes yeah. and I think that's the important thing that's what I'm trying to instill in, in things that we do we do still today with Burnsites and Kayleys and just trying to get out have fun and enjoy the music and yeah the dancing, whether you can dance or not, just get out there and try and have fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember, like the Scottish community, like back then? I don't really. I think it was gone, or really, I, when I was. That's. Sad. I know it's really sad because you see other communities that they still have, you know, yeah. the Scottish Hall, the Scottish associations. Right. Um, yeah, we tried. It was dad tried to re, mom and dad tried to revive it back in the. 70s I think yeah. late 70s but it you know just wasn't enough to keep it going but um but you know there's still the Scottish country dancers in town and there's still mm -hmm. the pipe bands and there's still you know McLeod Island Dance Studio still floating around and so the culture's still here yeah it's just a little bit smaller than it used to be right yeah. But that's like most most cultural groups right now. That's true, yeah. You know, folk arts, we, we had to close the doors on folk arts because it just wasn't enough groups mm -hmm. to maintain it and and you know a lot of yeah, which is sad because it was it was thriving through the seventies and eighties. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about Scotland. Ooh. <laughs> I like Scotland. <laughs> Where did the idea to take a large group of dancers, shove them in a coach bus, and <laughs> tour around and go to a bunch of Highland games? Uh, I wanted to go to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be cool because um, we had a good sized group at the time and I thought it would be really great and you were dancing then and mm -hmm. and Liam was dancing yeah. then too um, so I thought it would be great to take you guys over so A, you could see Scotland meet some of my relatives tour on to Italy after but bring everybody else over to see what Scotland's all about yes. and actually so that they can always say they competed in Scotland yeah. so we didn't go to the big games because we were all like beginners and novice and I think we had one one or two premieres each trip um, and those are the different levels of, of dancing for competition yeah. um, but it uh, it was a great it was just a great experience and we did lots of fundraising to go and 
and uh, we had I think 54 people on the first trip and 48 on the second trip and it was just great yeah it was just a lot of fun so many good memories yeah yeah, yeah. I think the most experience. most fun I think was the last trip I think that was yeah yeah because you were older and we could yeah. do more fun things and yeah. you know the first trip was you know you would get tuckered out and Liam would still be going strong or you both tucker out and we're trying to push you both uphill in this little stroller sure. we had because even though you were sick you six you were um, kind of lazy so <laughs> <laughs> we had to have the stroller so but it, it paid off it definitely paid off because it was stuff or stuff underneath so we're right. carrying things yeah. but yeah it was it was fun like we we went to um I think four competitions the first year and but we toured we went north we went south we went east we went west we went all over and then the second trip we did totally different things yeah third trip we went up to lewis which was the best part best part yeah lewis was great that's where where our well your family's yeah line dad's yeah Yeah. dad's side yeah yes we're the mcleods yes so mcleod hits so we came. Um, yeah, it was it was great because we got to see so much. Like there was so many things that we did on that island that was touristy mm-hmm. but natural. Like the standing stones. Like get up and touch the stones yeah. and run around them and yeah. chase sheep. And <laughs> that was Liam's thing, chasing sheep. Um, but he got the whole everybody chasing <laughs> sheep. Like all the kids were chasing sheep. And then the sheep started chasing them. Uh, but it was. It was great. It was really good bonding time for you kids, and it yeah. was great for us adults to really hang out. And you know, our room was kind of the hangout room at the end of the day on the third trip, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just fun. Yes, just a really enjoyable trip. I don't think there was anything that I didn't like about that trip. No. Other ones, well, there was a few things I didn't like, but that you know, it was still fun. We got you know staying in the residence and yes, you know. Stress. Strathclyde, yeah, Strathclyde University, yeah, and uh, you know, being able to pack our lunches and go to Marks and Spencer's and buy cool stuff yeah. and get Liam his mashed potatoes and you know pack our lunches for the day and yeah. get all this great Scottish chocolate mm-hmm. and and because uh, yeah. we were like living there for two weeks, like yeah, it, yeah, you get like a full. It was a full suite, so six bedrooms and individual bedrooms, which is which is great because you could close the doors on the world um, and a little seating area with a TV yeah. and two, two fridges and two stoves and uh, two freezers and you know all the plates and all, the, all, all that you needed. It was yeah. everything that you needed and there was a laundry on, on the campus and it was 10 minutes walk to the train station and you could go anywhere. It was, and that's it was, what we did. And that's what we did. Every day we went somewhere. We were on the bus. Yeah. On the coach, sorry, it was not a bus over there, it's a coach. Um, on the coach, or we were on a train, yeah. or hoofing it. We did a lot of walking, <laughs> and that was great. That was fun. Yes. Yeah, no, they were great. That was a great trip. They were all great trips, but that one was... The first one was memorable just because it was all new for all yes. of us. Like, I'd never taken a big group, and, you know, timetable, like... Be there at seven because I've timed everything out. Right. <laughs> but we fit everything in. Like mm-hmm. we got so, so much in. Yeah. And every trip was different. Yeah. And I, you know, different people, which made it different, but just seeing different parts of Scotland because mm-hmm. I wanted to see more. Yeah. I wanted you guys to see more. I didn't want to go back to the same spots, you know, yeah. except for Edinburgh and Glasgow, of course. You yes. want to go there and wander around. But yeah. But yeah, yeah it was, those were just great trips, great times, <laughs> great memories. 
Uh, so back to you. Uh-oh. Uh, when did you become a judge? 2000. And what do you do to like maintain that status? Ooh, uh, I have to mean I have to attend one judges meeting each year. I have to do no one one ju one judges meeting every two years. I have to do a step lecture every day every year, because they change the steps at the championships and the the big championships. They change the steps, and we have to know all the changes right. and how to and we have to teach the kids that. Um, and I have to um, stay up on, I have to do so much CPD, so it's professional development. So um, I get five hours for teaching all year round, which I think is, they need to improve that one. Um, but we have to do so many lectures as well through the, throughout the year and maintain, so that we're, we're teaching, prop they wanna make sure that as a judge, we're teaching the proper material. You know, we're we're judging what we see correctly, yeah. what the current methods are, what the current, what the exact version of each step and method that we're doing is. You know, we have to make sure that our eyeballs are seeing the right thing and mm -hmm. judging the right thing, because it would be awful to play somebody and they weren't doing the right step right. or because it's set steps, set dances. Yeah. So that's my next question. What is what do you look for when you're judging? Like basics, like. The basics, like t um, timing and deportment, that's a portion. Um, overall, you know, the grace and the element and, and mm -hmm. that they're doing the proper technique, that's all part of there. And then expression, you know, you just want to see, like, are they, you, you hope that they're enjoying, like, you want to you want to see the performance aspect come mm -hmm. out. When they're doing set steps, it's hard to see that, but you see the one that comes out. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see that the love of it is right. in there versus the ones that, don't really want to be there, but they're on the stage, or the ones that are like concentrating so hard that they lose that that presentation. Um, but that's you know most of it. It's a technique. Like most of it is like, are they doing it correctly? And it, and I remember when I was first judging, I would look at them all going, oh, like you don't see the difference. Or other people, they don't see the difference. But the more you sit down, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see these yeah. little things, and if they kick the sword, and or if their socks come down, or their shoelace or heel comes off, and you know what marks you have to deduct for certain things. Right. So, and that, you know, that's really important. That when we're when we're judging, um, like we don't put any. We have a number. The dancers are numbered, so we're not supposed to really know who they are. Mm -hmm. Although when you, if you judge a lot or you're around a lot, you actually know who they are. But um, you put down a number, so mm -hmm. it's. You know, and then you have to, um, you might put a couple little comments down to separate them in right. your head. So it could be, you know, strong high cuts or, uh, you know, mistake or incorrect step or off timing. Anything that can kind of decipher one from another and then you give them a mark. Right. So it's hard because the first set that comes up, three or four dancers, depending on, on your stage size, you know, you're marking that first group mm -hmm. and you have to kind of separate them, give them a range and hope that you can get everybody fit in right. um, within the grade. Because we're not, we're not allowed to do decimals mm -hmm. at this point, which I think needs to change. Um, we have to do like quarter marks or half marks or eighth marks. And, you know, so right. you try not to do that. And we don't want, you don't want to see a tie. So right. you've got to double, like really be careful. So on a big when you have a big group, mm -hmm. it can be a lot more challenging to make sure you haven't, you know, you've got to do that double check to make sure you haven't put the same number down twice or, right. and make sure one's in the, the order that you expect them to be right. But it's based off of what you see, you put a mark down. Yeah. You know, you can't go back and change it. 
after. So you gotta make sure you're, you know, you've got in your head what you're looking for mm -hmm. and your range that you think it's gonna be for that group, what you should be seeing for that group and base it off that. So it's, and sometimes a beginner group is harder to judge than a premier. Right. Just because they're all over the map. Like yeah, there's sure. mistakes, like, cause you, you know, you expect mistakes at a beginner level mm -hmm. and someone's kind of doing a good step there and then, ooh, they fell a step there. They fell away, you know. Right. And then someone else like was terrible in that step, but really good on that step. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to juggle and so, okay, so out of that, where is my number one? Right. And you know, so sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge, right. but it's so much fun. I love working. I love when I can get um, a dancer. I'm meandering again, aren't I? I oh. love when I can get a dancer up on the floor and they're or on, on, on the on the stage and they're they're serious. And then I smile. And then I keep looking at them until I get a smile back. And I love when I break through and all of a sudden the smile comes up. You know, so, you know, there's, you know, someone took a picture of me when I was judging. And it's like this big grin on my face just because I'm trying to get the kids to, like, feel enjoy it. Like, show me that you're enjoying because I'm enjoying watching it. You know, like, I want that. I want that excitement to come out in their eyes because right. I'm excited to see them. I don't care what, what part, how tired I am. I need to show them that. That That's, sparkle in my eyes, yeah. and I think that makes a difference Definitely. versus the judges that they're like oh, miserable. Sure. Like then you feel like they're really like judging. They're, like, yeah, they're mean. That was yeah. a mean judge. Yeah. Like you, you know, <laughs> you know, it's nice when you hear, "Oh, shoot, what a great, what a nice judge yeah, that was." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, the kids feel comfortable after the competition because they're not supposed to come up and talk to you during, but right. to come after. come up and say, you know, hi, <laughs> you know, and they're so shy coming up or. Or I've gotten, I like your, I like your scarf, I like your, your you know, whatever you're wearing, or I love your shoes, you know, so, because shoes are a big thing in the judging world, you know, you got to have nice shoes. Um, but that's one thing that I learned from you in teaching and just in like life in general is just to like leave the person happier than oh, when you like, you absolutely. Know, just Especially, a smile goes like a long way. And, like, it, it really yeah. does. It's like, you know, you walk. Any, you walk anywhere. Like you guys always laughed at me when I talked to a stranger in the store, right? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes that walking by them and going, "Oh, I love your shoes," and that I do it now. It's empowering <laughs> to that. You know, you're you're yeah. sharing that power, and and that person that could just take them from a miserable day to oh, isn't that nice? Like it just <laughs> makes nice? you and you know how simple it is to open the door for somebody. Yeah. Oh, you got a low, low battery going. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's definitely that was something they passed down for mom. Always yeah. do something fun at the end of the class. And I think when you were teaching and Liam was teaching, I think I instilled that in you you guys as well. Yeah. Do something fun. It doesn't matter what it is. Make the kids giggle. Yeah. Do do something, even if it's silly. Yeah. Just make sure that they're seen and that they're like everyone happy. is important. Every <laughs> yeah, like don't put the best dancer in the front row okay. all the time. You know, but you've got to also be aware of the kids that don't want to ever be in the front. Like there are kids that yes. are so shy. So it's like, yeah, no, you can stay there. That, that works. That bounces out. Good. Stay there. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, you know, you flash them a little wink if they, yeah. wow, that was great. You know, that little bit of encouragement, like, oh, I see you were, you must've been practicing this week. Cause I've seen that. See yes. the difference. That makes such a difference in a kid's world. Cause mm -hmm. you don't know what their environment is when they're not in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I even do that teaching adults. Yes. And it's amazing when you see the adult, like, you know, start to light up when they've learned something that they didn't think they could possibly do. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to computers, or they've never touched a computer before, and all of a sudden they're doing, like, 
I'm educated. You know, <laughs> those are the kind of lines that they come up with. I'm smart now. But it, it's wonderful to see the spark yes. on anyone's face saying, wow, that was great. I'm really proud of you. That was awesome. You did such a good job on that. You know, it, what does it take to do yeah, that? Yeah. Why do you have to be miserable? Yeah. Like, put a smile on your face. Like, <laughs> like, I've had so many people over the years, you've got a great smile. I have an awful, like, I hate my smile. <laughs> people don't do the same thing. But, you know, you and I have big smiles. <laughs> you know, but Liam has it too. But we, you know, we, you've got to show that sparkle. You've got to, you know, it, it just makes the world a better place. Mm -hmm. If more people were smiling and being pleasant to everybody. Yes. Maybe we wouldn't have all the wars. We probably would, but you know, hopefully we wouldn't. You know, but it's it can make a person's day. Yeah. Even more than that, it could yeah. save their life. Yeah. Like you just don't know. Yeah. And you know, don't be rude to service people. Like. I hate that. Yeah. Like even if you're not happy, like I'm really sorry. This <laughs> just doesn't taste good, or it's really burnt. I hate to tell you. <laughs> didn't really enjoy that too much um but it's not their fault yeah. you know yeah whatever it is you have to be polite yeah. be polite mm -hmm. you know it's not their fault the product fell apart don't yell at them <laughs> it's whoever made it you know just yeah. yeah that's that's one of my pet peeves in this world is people being mm -hmm. rude to others mm -hmm. I and I think I go over the top when I'm behind them oh, I know yeah. I do I know I do I try and overcompensate oh. for the person in front of me yeah, yeah. you know and it's you know oh you know and it's like I feel fake but yet it probably really helped that person yes, definitely and I guess I'm just aware I'm you know it's quick, yeah because I could I read yeah. people like for the most part I think I'm pretty, I think that's one of the most things that I've mastered <laughs> in my world. Um, but you come across a lot of people. I come across a lot of people. Um, but just to be able to read what you're, what you're seeing, like why is that person so miserable? Okay, is he in pain? Or, mm. or is he having a bad day? Or is, you know, he just embarrassed? Or, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't know what's going on, mm -hmm. like what's, what's happening in their world. Yeah. So be polite, yeah. do what you can to help, and, you know, yeah, I feel like all your students have like embodied that as well. Like I feel like all of them are, yeah, all of the ones that have been with you for a I, while. Yeah, I love when I get a letter from someone to say like you've made a difference in my life. You know, and you know even parents saying, you know you you helped raise my daughter. Yeah. You know that just tears coming down my eyes. But it, it means so much to me. Yeah. You know because I. I love these kids. Like they're they're my kids. Yeah, they call yeah. you mom. So I'm a lot of them call me mom. A lot of me sisters. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of sisters. Because yeah, um, but you know they would take you out. They would do things with yeah. you, like to make you you know feel special too. Yes. You know, and that's that's important. Yeah. And it just shows that we did you know we I did something right along the way. Yeah. Mom did something right to have all those people that yes. want to you know. Yeah that still love her and you know think mm -hmm. of her and you know whether they made a kilt she made them a kilt right. or they taught you know taught them or something yeah. and you know it's it's you know it's just a wonderful to feel that you know you had um I had a mother that that did so much to for kids that had nothing else going on like the kids yeah. down the line there wasn't activities like there are today right that was like the only thing people did right 
you know. And uh, how many students do you think there was? At one point, I remember counting there was over 100. Wow. When, like, between the Sioux, that was when, right. like, I think I was maybe in high school or something, and I was doing exams, and, you know, but I counted up all the ones that I, you know, and how many kids are here, and how many kids. I think she had about 100 yeah. when that was kind of her peak. Right. You know, my peak never got to that point, but, you know, it was just the different, different time frame. Time. You know, it was 30 years later or 20 years later when I was teaching, and, you know, there's just so many other things that you could do in town, you know. But, yeah, it was, I think, and I think you're starting to understand that philosophy now. You know, I think, it, you know, now that you don't hate people. Um, <laughs> I like people. <laughs> I'm going to like people. I you know. like people now. <laughs> you like people now. You've grown up. You like people. Um, I'm doing a podcast, Mom. I know. I know. You picked this part out. <laughs> but you were pretty shy for a long was, time and very introverted. Life, yeah. And, you know, but so was I. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I was extremely shy. And people laugh when I say, no, I'm actually, by nature, I'm, yeah. I'm shy. Like, I remember having to do cold calls for work and it would be like... <laughs> yeah, me before interviews. I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> You know, that... that you know, you're doing something unknown and you just don't yeah. feel like you're in your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But when you find your comfort zone, that, that takes you other places. Definitely, yeah. And you, you're, you know, you found your comfort zone here at the, at the museum yeah. and you've been able to do so many cool new things mm -hmm. that have extended your skills and, and your confidence is, you know, so much higher than it was when you first started here, you know. So that's... You know, that's what we need to instill in all the kids with all the activities they do. Like, don't push them so they hate it. Yeah. Make them enjoy it, and they'll do it longer. Like, there's no reason why a kid that's seven has to be at the top level mm. competing. Mm -hmm. No. Let them get there slowly and surely and improve as they go along. and Build a passion first. Build a passion. And then, and then they'll have it for a longer time. Yeah. You push them. I've seen so many people, so many kids along the way that have been pushed, 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 and then they go, yeah. and you never see them again. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, right. let them enjoy it and want to do it. Yeah. Don't force them to do it, yeah. you know, because you see it, you see it in their faces. Yeah. You're like, I, I see it when I'm judging and I look at the, go, she doesn't want to be there. You know, she, mm -hmm. there's, you know, is it, are they always that miserable? <laughs> and you're kind of looking for them after to see like, <laughs> yeah. okay, you look like you're, you, you know. You why there be anywhere but on that stage in front of me, um, but then you see them after laughing. It's like okay, so that they're just serious, or you see them after going, you know, they mm -hmm. really don't want to be there, right. you know. And it's sad when you yeah. see that. It's yeah. you know, no matter how much as parents we want our children to be successful and be, and you want them to do things that maybe you wanted to do, and you try and instill that love in there. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Didn't really work with you and Liam, but <laughs> that's my next question. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. Right? It wasn't, you know, it didn't end my world that yeah. you didn't want to be a Highland Dance champion. You know, <laughs> sure, it would have been cool, but, you know. Yeah, so how did so you feel when I, oh. Had a meltdown when I was trying to make you do metal tests? Yeah, that's, oh. that's, that's, that was the, the ending moment there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it broke my heart that you didn't want to do it. Yeah. And, but it was. But I was okay with it. Like it, yeah, it did break my heart, but I went, it's okay, yeah. right? I think that's what, that's okay. I'm not yeah. upset. Like, go to school. You're out of here. Um, 
but no, it was, it was, you just didn't feel comfortable in yeah. front of an examiner doing, doing yeah. that. And I understood. And I, I think, hopefully I came across that I understood. <laughs> like, you know, I was definitely disappointed that you didn't want to do it, but yeah. you know, I'm not going to push you to do something that you didn't want to do. Yeah. You, you still like to dance. You just liked it for the social part. And, you know, you could care less if you had a medal. And that's fine. Yeah. You know? There's nothing I can do. Like, there's no point in me going, get your ass in there. You know, like, no. That, no. Uh, you know, you'd be going in. I, would, I remember being like. Oh, you were hysterical. Yeah. Like, what the heck is what. going on with you today? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that must have been a tough day because you were trying to do all the things. Be yeah. yeah. And then I was just like, I don't because you were probably in the examination room. I don't even remember really. I just remember being. I was just in and out the door. Like I would turn the music on and then come out. And right. turn, or sometimes stay and hit yeah. hide and come out and get the next group. And, and then you just had a meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's you. That was you <laughs> just showing, you know, and I was proud of you to, that you said, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And you were more upset about me being, <laughs> hurting yeah. me, yeah. I think, you know, disappointing me. Yeah. And, but that was okay. Mm. It wasn't like you weren't busy and you weren't dancing and you weren't doing other right. stuff because you were doing every other form of dance. Mm. And, you know, you still came back and do, and I can't get rid of you now, yeah. but you still come and do shows because you want to, you know, you still want to do it. Happy. It makes me very happy. I didn't think I would see, you know, after yeah. university, I didn't think you would, yeah. you know, after you kind of, you know, you did it one, once or twice a year, you would do a show or a recital, yeah. help out if I needed a body, but yeah. um, you helped me backstage. Mm -hmm. You know, you and Liam both helped me backstage for years, and that yeah. was that was great. Help them line up, help, you know, because I used to do all the lineups and all the changes and all <laughs> the, you know, announcing at the same, I don't know how I did it for some years. Um, it's probably why I was always exhausted and the next day. Yeah. But uh, no, you had you had to say what was yeah. true to your heart, and yeah. true to your heart was not doing metal tests. No, and <laughs> I feel like it was like the letdown of the legacy of the studio. You know, your mom, you, and then I feel like it had to be me. <laughs> no, like you know, yeah, I would love if you wanted to take over. Yes. Like if you were staying here, I'd probably say okay. <laughs> Just, just get everybody organized. You can fake through a class. If you, you know, you can get through classes. Like, you can get through a lot because you have more of knowledge than you think you have in that head of yours. Um, but I never forced you to do your associates. I never forced you to, you know, for me, in this form. Right. You know, but yet you have it in two other disciplines. Mm -hmm. So Three? Wait, no. Two, yeah. Three. 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 Yeah, three. LA, jazz, and tap. And tap. Yeah, but no Highland. No but Highland. that's okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I did mine at 23. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no you know it's not you you still you still enjoy it yeah. like the fact that you and Liam both like to get dressed up and bring your friends and your boyfriends mm -hmm. and girlfriends and come to Burns Nights and like wear your kilt and wear your tartan and be proud of it and oh, it's like that just makes me happy yeah. you know it's you know I've instilled that love of our culture in yeah. you you know, and you've got the Italian culture in you too, and you love doing things for that. You love yeah. eating, um, <laughs> and you know, and gain that from Noni and Ono. Um, but you, you know, you've you've got to do what works for you. Yeah. And for me, I didn't have anything else 
that was kind of what I was brought up. I, you know, I wasn't swimming. I wasn't, didn't, you know, as much as I would have loved to have been a ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just wasn't, yeah. you know, accessible, in the car, accessible yeah. for me, you know. Um, and then I thought I was too old when I could have. Never you know, did. and that's the part that kills me now when I look back at it. You know, I'm thought being in high school is too young, too old to train. Right. And, you know, I was already that's there. that's the weird age, though, that yeah. it is tricky going into a studio at that age and with a bunch of people your age that... And then not knowing the terminology, yeah. but yet knowing the skills. Like, yeah. you know, because it wouldn't have taken me... No, long to like, pick it up. I had yeah. the strength. Yeah. I could easily, you know, I was on point shoes, a friend of mine point shoes, and... You know, I had no issues with that, yeah. you know. Um, but then my feet probably wouldn't have held out, you know, because I was having issues, right. you know, with the lovely feet, hereditary mm. feet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it's that's that's probably my, that's my biggest regret, that I wasn't, yeah. I didn't have the ability to do what you guys did. Mm-hmm. And when you had the love of dancing, I wanted to push, like, not push you, but make sure you had the opportunities. And... If you didn't want to do it, yeah. I was going to force you, you know, and I don't think I forced you, but I tried to hop, offer you, you know, get you as much as I could yes. to, Very you know, grateful. yeah, good. Oh. You can pay me back for all the fees. <laughs> no. um, but it was, it was hard for me, yeah. like, especially when I was, yeah. you know, to, to cover all yeah. everything that needed to be covered yeah. to, to keep you doing, you both doing it. Cause it yeah. wasn't just one. one kid, yeah. yeah. It was the two of you until yeah. Liam retired. But, um, you know, you got great skills out of it. Yes. And if nothing else, you can go in front of a crowd. 100%. And that's... But it's a little different, like speaking in front of a crowd versus dancing in front oh, of a crowd. You, but... It comes, it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, look at me. I never used to... Like, I didn't really like talking in front of a crowd when I was younger. Yeah. I could talk in front of any size yes. crowd yeah. without yeah. any fear or any script, probably. Yeah. Um, but that took... You know, to, it took time yeah. to build up and, yeah. you know, I would be nervous at first, but now I just, you know, I'd have everything written out and now it's like, <laughs> what's up next? Like, I'm just in this calmer world, right. you know, when I'm doing the shows and, yeah. and doing, doing things or public speaking or, yeah. you know, I've put, a, put on press conferences and mm-hmm. I've done radio and TV, mm-hmm. you know, interviews and all that yeah. kind of stuff from fairly, you know, young like probably your age and, and up doing all that kind of stuff. Give so give some tips later on. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing pretty well. Um, but the technology is it's such an improvement too. Yeah. You know, it's nice. But yeah, I've sat down for a few interviews next door and mm-hmm. you know, sitting in the chair with the lights on and big cameras in front of you. And no, it's we don't have you know, big lights. No, we don't have big well we got big lights. Three times. <laughs> but um, no matter what you learn, you you gain something out of it. No yeah. matter who you talk to, you gain something out of it. Yeah. You know? And, and even if, because I remember saying, like, you know, at workshops, when you guys would go to workshops, even if you know what they're doing, you're still going to gain something out of it. They're going to say something that just tweaks in your head and that locks in and mm-hmm. it makes you understand something better. Yeah. And same with school. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you take bits and pieces, you, you don't take everything. Yeah. But you definitely gain things from from whatever whatever you do, whatever yeah. book you read. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's a stupid romance novel, to <laughs> you learn words, you learn about a, uh, an environment right. that you've never been in. You yeah. 
you know, that's, yeah. it just takes time you out period, into a different, yeah. different time yeah. period. Like, yeah. you know, and a word that maybe you didn't know before. Right. And maybe you learn how to, you know, and that's what I'm, you know, even with adult students that I'm teaching now mm-hmm. in, you know, more of the business world, it's like, you know, maybe you'll learn a word that you never knew before and, yeah. and can you apply it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's been words that I really wanted to put in to sentences and <laughs> some I've been able to. And some, like I always wanted to use gobsmack. Gobsmack. I don't know why. I think it's a fun word, but it just doesn't really fit me to say the <laughs> word in a conversation, in a sentence or, you know, oh, I was really gobsmacked when I went there. Um, yeah, like it just no. doesn't work, right? But I've always wanted to really use it. Well, in a, but I've used it, but not really used it. Um, but, like, you know, there's, there's fun words that, you know, I've learned from reading books or right. listening to, a mo- watching a movie or... You know, now I listen to books all the time and it's, right. you know, it's great yeah. to take you away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's that mental break from the world, mm-hmm. but you still learn something from mm-hmm. it. That's the same as dance class. I feel like a, me- a mental break from the world too. Mm. You also go into the studio and you're in your own. You know what I used to hate when I'd have a bit of a cold mm-hmm. and mom said, oh, just go dance. You'll feel better. And that, every time it would clear my head and I was like, you know, <laughs> you always told me that too. If I'm in a fall, you're like, just go, go to dance. Just go to dance, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even when you were older and you, yeah. you, you were like now, yeah, yeah, like just go, go find a class, do a yoga, do, yeah. you know, go for a walk, do yeah. like that. Those little things just mm-hmm. clear your head and clear, you know, listen to the birds. I got out of the car here. It was a bird. I haven't heard that bird. In a couple of years, because it's a, right. it's just the sound of that bird. Yeah. It's like, oh, I really miss that, <laughs> that bird call, you know. But it's that just brings you, you know, that yeah. just takes you somewhere else. It grounds you, grounds you again in the present moment. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have a hard time editing this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> like, what does actually make sense for an other person to listen to? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, we're just meandering. We can always do this again, um, and just give us give me a straight question, and that's all I have to answer. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. You're welcome. Thank I you love welcome. my little girl. Thanks, you mom. Thanks for letting me come and play with you yeah, today. This is wonderful. <laughs> Killed an hour and fifteen minutes of my day. No, thanks. You shared lots of stuff that some things that I didn't know. And oh, that's good. Um, it's obviously cool to document um, yeah. story of like the studio and your life, your mom's life, and my life. So yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely. Cool. I hope people enjoy whatever gets put into this episode. Absolutely, <laughs> it was just really exciting to be asked. <laughs> Made me feel special. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's, um, you know, sharing, sharing my life, sharing mom's life, mm-hmm. sharing your life. It's just so wonderful. And I'm so glad that you let me be part of it. Oh. Now I got teary. Oh. Love you. <laughs> Thank you.